can you feel her and what's happening in her heart that she might not even be aware of? And then like trust that you can through your depth and your connection to her and your love open her to what's actually true, which you don't really need to know. It doesn't have to make sense, right? It's just coming back to that place of like deep loving openness. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Deeper Podcast, a podcast for all of you who want more, more out of yourself, your relationships, your intimacy, and life. My name is Sofia Zafina, and I'm here to bring you deeper. I'm a sex, life, and relating coach, and I'm fascinated by all things masculine and feminine and bringing the two back together, helping people connect on a deep and real level so we can show up for each other, partner with each other in our healing, and call each other back into our power. A very important part of that for me is honoring both sides, the masculine and the feminine, creating more understanding, more compassion and respect for each unique experience. And so in this series, I'm speaking specifically to men to honor them, to hear their perspective and how they go through relating the feminine life. Because so often we have demonized and devalued men in their experiences, needs and struggles. And I want to change that. So I hereby welcome you to my Deeper Into Him podcast series. And before we get started for all these conversations, I want to give a bit of a disclaimer because I realize that this conversation about men and women, masculine and feminine, can sound both heteronormative and gendered. Bear with me. Masculine feminine dynamics play it out in every relationship. So when we speak about men towards women, I hope you can hear it as being the partner who is more in their masculine and the partner who is more in their feminine. And this very often has little to do with gender. In addition to that, I do want to acknowledge that men and women have completely different societal expectations in the world and because of that different lenses. For instance, we tell men they should man up and women they should smile. In that sense, some of this might be gendered, but I hope for people outside of that binary perspective that they might still feel some truth in any of these stories. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the deeper podcast with Sophie Josefina. And today I am joined by Alan McGrath Isbell, and he's a men's coach and a mentor of polarity. And he's a good friend of mine. And I have had the delight of getting to know him through our studies with our teacher, John Wineland, and some really beautiful conversations in our last retreat. And I'm so excited to have him on the podcast here today. So Alan, hi, welcome. Hey, hey Sophie. Thanks for having mm. me. So good to have you here. So for people who... um might not yet know who you are, Alan. Do you want to just give a really brief introduction? I know these always suck, but brief introduction right. about who you are and maybe what you're building or what you're doing in this world. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, I'm a men's coach. I've been working in the men's work field for about seven years now and have um, spent the majority of my time working with with just men. It was like men's work was a big initiation for me to get into that in my early 20s. And um, really, I just dedicated myself to it ever since my first sort of men's initiation workshop way back when and haven't stopped and have made it now my it's kind of evolved to become my purpose and my career. And um, 
I have more recently expanded uh, into working with men and women and in the field of polarity and really helping people to deepen in, in this thing called relationship, which so many of us are, are in and frustrated by and love. And, and yeah, so it's, it's been something that I've kind of just organically stepped into and through, through my commitment to my personal growth. Yeah. And that's where I like to teach from. It's just my, my personal experience. And um, yeah, that's a, that's a fair snapshot without, without covering the whole, <laughs> the whole story. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I've had the, uh, the, the delight of experiencing your, you leading some things through, uh, through this training that you and I are both following mm-hmm. and such a mm-hmm. wonderfully like stable calm super grounded super centered person to to just relax around so uh, yeah i can so see you doing this men's work and 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 also now going into the polarity stuff so i told you before and i was going to ask you this question so i'm actually really excited to ask you this so i've i've loved asking men this what's your what's been your journey with the feminine in your life in whatever way you want to share that but what's kind of been the path that you've gone through in your lifetime sure yeah well you told me you were gonna ask this and uh, <laughs> my first question was like what do you mean by the feminine so maybe we'll just define that right like yeah. the feminine is um it, it could be represented by women it could be represented by just like our emotions or our yeah our feelings like everything is the feminine and so um to put it shortly my relationship with the feminine has deepened as I've deepened, right? So my relationship yeah. to myself and my own feminine um, has deepened as I deepen. I come from a family of really strong women and not so strong men. Mm. Um, yeah. Historically, my grandfather was um, kind of the typical like uh, provider father, but absent often. And my father kind of took the role to be more present and to provide, but there was, there's always a kind of emotional absence to it. And so that was juxtaposed by um, really strong women who had like fierce beliefs and fierce emotions and um, fierce feelings. And um, so I, I learned like to both, um, trust the feminine because I have trustworthy women in my life, but also to distrust my own inner feminine. Because I had mm. a, a father who, who didn't often um, kind of show me what it was like to express a healthy emotional, like, like to equate feminine with emotion, yeah. to express my feminine in a healthy way, to hold it in a healthy way. So a lot of my life, I suppressed my inner feminine and relied on external feminine sources to, to kind of balance myself. Um, and that didn't go well. <laughs> that didn't go well often. Um, and so a big part of, of my journey, particularly with men's work, was learning to relate to my own feminine mm. expression in a way that was um, supported and held by other men. Yeah. So in fact, I think my my relationship with the feminine deepened most by being with a man. Mm. And yeah. um yeah, that's we'll start with that. Yeah, I love that because I, I 
I think this is such a large topic in the field kind of anyways right now of male vulnerability and, mm-hmm. and, and, and men expressing their emotions. What I've noticed myself and I will add myself and I've heard it a lot, of course, also from the people that I work with is that the moment a man expresses his emotions, we lose attraction. Mm-hmm. But not always. And I'm trying to totally. define yeah. what the difference is. So I'm super curious what your perspective yeah. is because it's right. not always the case. And I, I can't really put into totally. words what it is. Yeah, I, it's something that I'm always kind of <laughs> picking at pieces on in my own relationship and the people I work with. And I think it's something like when a man expresses his emotion, if we just keep it really basic, like he's more in his feminine in that moment right? Yeah. He's kind of, he's having a feminine moment. Yeah. And so um, in like, if, if I'm in my feminine, there's not so much space for the person who's in relationship with me to be in theirs. And so that feeling of attraction, we could also call it a feeling of polarity, right? There's like, there's a charge, right? There's a charge in our attraction. And so it, um, it's not going to be as attractive. It's not going to create so much polarity if I'm you know, expressing vulnerably, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, right? It yeah. doesn't mean that like we we can't do it, right? I think there's this this um kind of stigma in a polarity world that like everything has to create polarity all the time, and it it really doesn't. <laughs> like you you don't want to be charged in every moment. It's like yeah. it's perfectly okay for a man to be in his feminine and for his his more feminine partner to be in her masculine and to hold him in that. And I think, you know, to make it even more nuanced, there's a way that um, a masculine being, a man can express his feminine in a way where he's still holding himself. Like, yes, this is it. He's taken the time to digest it and hold it. So it's not just this like, um, like feminine vomiting. Like he just, you know, he's lost all sort of awareness of his being or his heart and he's just pouring it out um, in an almost unconscious way. I think there's a fine, there's a, there's a line, right? Between just unconscious expression and like artful opening of your heart to create connection. Yeah, I feel that. I, I, I sometimes try to explain this to, to my partners. I, sometimes I feel like he's a moaning from his little boy. Right. And I've had to do the work not to judge that because I used to judge right. that. I used to think, oh, there he is with this little boy. Oh, I don't want to do this. Right. So I'm, I, I will add myself there. <laughs> Definitely had yeah. some judgment on that and, and that I'm more compassionate now. Uh, yeah. in. And yeah. there's a way that he can emote that feels, and you, I saw you write about this a few times, about this like kind of inner leadership. Right. Where he is emoting, he is showing me his vulnerability, but I can feel that he's got himself right yeah and and that he isn't he isn't he isn't drowning in what's happening and so i still actually don't feel then that i have to step into a more masculine role i feel like i get to just kind of witness him navigate himself almost if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and that's really beautiful to watch i've noticed that that feels really opening to watch of but what i will say with all of this there is i think there's a part on women's side or the feminine side to be able to see a man go into his vulnerability and not right away think, oh, I have to hold him or oh, that's unattractive right. and, right. and to, to be more compassionate because I think we can be a little bit critical about this sometimes. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. And men, I mean, I hear that so often from men that they feel like they can't share what's real because they've experienced their partners, you know, kind of criticize them for it or get disgusted by it or, and, and so it's, it's kind of, it's not, it's never, it's never all on one partner. No, there's always a dance happening between both. Like each of us has to take responsibility for our, you know, our sovereignty, our emotions, our well-being, our spirituality, like our depth. We have to take care of all of that individually so that we can hold each other well and we don't just go into unconscious reaction to our partner's little child that, that is emoting, for example, and instead can like love them through that. Right. Yeah. I, I, so I think often in how we speak about polarity, it's very much, or I think some people kind of take it in as it's a very easy tool to say the other person should be doing better. They should be more present. He should be more grounded. And and to often forget that we have this beautiful responsibility to actually create the energy ourselves. Mm -hmm. If my man isn't centered, maybe I just actually get to drop deeper into my body. Right. Right. And I think a little bit related to that, what I, what I've been curious to ask you is I am curious how, how you navigate as a man, because I think I think this is a really complicated issue. How you navigate her critique, yeah, her complaint, because I think one of the main things that we kind of just accept as is is that when, and I'm, I'm talking very heteronormative here, but when a woman sure. criticizes a man or says, "Hey, I didn't feel you," or "I felt dropped by you," or whatever that the first thing is very much like feeling critiqued, closing off, not like if it's really uncomfortable to process. And I have a lot of compassion for that because I can feel that the core of the masculine is so wanting to be respected and wanting to be appreciated. So I I understand why that would feel so threatening, but I'm Mm -hmm. curious as you maybe in your own journey or, or what you've learned or what you teach men, how can a masculine man maybe a bit further on in his journey be with when there actually is critique? Mm. yeah so it's it, it, it they're at, like it's real it's not because sometimes there's tests right just like yes she wants to feel <laughs> if you can you know if you can remain totally loving and present and deeper than her um momentary critique right so there's that yes yes um and just to name out a little bit like that requires a stability in self right right that requires almost um Again, it, it's kind of like to be deeper than she is, to be, um, mm. it, it's like confidence c- t- goes towards it, but it's not quite it. It's like a, a deep trust in your being that like, um, mm. no matter what, you're okay. Like, like your being is good no matter what. And that's, mm. it sounds kind of simple, but a lot of men live their life with the belief that like deep down they're not okay like they that's kind of the the essence of the nice guy it's like somewhere deep down he's not good and so he's constantly his life revolves around proving that he's good he's a good guy Mm, i've never seen it like that yeah you're right and and so when uh, his partner critiques him that's just another um example of his badness like the way he did it wrong right so he'll go into defense, he'll go into trying to prove, like, you know, show his laundry list of being an in integrity, 
right? All the things he did right. Mm-hmm. Um, basically to prove to to prove her wrong, but deep down he feels that she's right and she's, you know, he doesn't want to be bad. So he's got to prove that he's not. Right. Um so mm. we fall into all kinds of spirals and dynamics in that. Yeah. Now that's um that doesn't touch on if she's right. Yeah. Right? What if she's right? What if he right. wasn't completely <laughs> present at dinner? What if so, it was that? Yeah. So um there's something I think they, um you know, people in our in our field of work, they know David Data. So I'm just gonna Of course, yeah. Everybody know will know David Data, yeah. Um, okay, great. So David said something like really beautiful one time, which is essentially that in a third stage relationship, you are agreeing to trust your partner's heart more than your own. And so in that moment, um, it requires real, <laughs> like real warrior type energy to to go like okay where is she right like where like to go right in because the the, the, the response is usually defensiveness right because we we're mm-hmm. tender like the underneath the armor there's a tenderness right mm-hmm. we maybe don't want to admit it but it's true yeah. um, so to to go like okay if i'm in this relationship in the way i want it and, I, and i'm committed to living like that i'm committed to letting like i'm choosing this person to trust their heart more than my own, you know, to a, to a healthy level. There there are, there are kind of aspects where this can get unhealthy for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But even still, I guarantee there's a part where they're right. So to have the humility to go and, and inquire within to say like, you know, um, essentially, take responsibility for the fact that, that she's right in some place. Cause I, you know, my sense is she probably, she usually is, even if she's not right entirely. And, and, and even if, even if you can't see it, she probably still felt something that is true. Right. The feminine is so sensitive to the energy. The masculine is not. So if a man is more in his masculine, he's not going to be sensitive to the fact that he wasn't present at dinner. So it might take him a moment to become sensitive to it, to find where she's right. And then take ownership for it and go, yeah, baby, you got me, right? I wasn't there and I'm here now, right? To like not, um, to not defend or attack or try and fix, but to take responsibility and then, um, like, uh, use it as a playful ally. Like use it as an ally to reconnect, mm. right? Because it's it's not that because you weren't present in that moment, now everything is wrong and you're bad and like you know, like shame spiral needs to happen. It's like yeah. she wants you to feel that you weren't present in that moment, such that like it wakes you up to be present now, right? To 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 be here now, and you know that you might be experiencing this ongoingly so that's a whole other topic but like this is an ongoing critique and there's all kinds of subtleties mm-hmm. and dynamics that happen in the relationship because of that um but essentially it's just like she wants to feel you now and she has found that moment to, <laughs> to like pick up on and, sh- and show you that this is the thing that like you know to to be here more so that she can feel you more right she wants to feel your fullness yeah 
And Which I love this. Her, right? If her critique collapses you into like defensiveness or retreats or fuck this, like she's kind of proved herself right. What do you think he would need from her? Like, let's say he does collapse. What is she? Yeah. What, what does he need from her in that moment? Well, it depends on what his collapse looks like, probably, right? Um, yeah. If it's like a, if it's like a fuck you collapse, like he goes into anger, then right. cooling, right? Like cooling energy to help mm. bring him back to, to his heart, mm. right? So like stroking his body down, um, if that's possible, right? Like, and feminine is they're magicians right so it's a little bit of energy she could she could shift him <laughs> even if he's in it um i love that that's beautiful so really it really depends and that's where um so, so here's another piece it's like on the feminine side mm-hmm. are you critiquing him um or it's like why are you critiquing him so can you can you find the part of you that um yeah you could critique him but critique him for love right? Critique him as a call for consciousness, not as a way to prove that you can do it all your, or that like you really should be doing it all by yourself, right? Or that he really is not good enough for you or like some way to kind of take him down a peg to prove that you, you know, are this, that, or the other thing, right? So to find why am I doing this? Mm, mm, I love that. I've never heard that. That's a really, that's a really beautiful reflection. Yeah it changes it like it, because it, um although the masculine is not as sensitive to the energy deep, deep down he will feel an underlying motive especially if he's a little bit farther along i feel like you know is this an attack or is this a call for love mm-hmm. and the response will be different his response will be different yeah depending on which one it is i think a bit related to this i'm, I'm curious about this because I think some people also take this polarity work into meaning that the feminine can just emote and express and bring all her stuff. And I've uh, honestly, most of the work that I do is about bringing these boundaries of when it's vomiting and when it is a, an artful expression, but Mm -hmm. I'm curious as a man, like what are kind of the boundaries? Because I know a lot of men that are listening to this, they're like, okay, I noticed that certain things I don't think are cool and certain things I do think are cool, but often they need a bit of a of a list almost. Like what are the things right. that are beautiful feminine expression that you may or not be able to handle? That's okay. And what are things right. that are boundaries? Well, I think when it um when there's things like um when, she, when instead of it being instead of her emotions being a uh, an expression of her feeling and instead become an attack on uh, the other person on like on his character, right, right. There's a yeah. That is a big like that's the line. It's like it's one thing for her to be angry at the fact that he wasn't present at dinner, and so she's you know she allows that through. She's fucking angry, mm-hmm. right, and. And that can be a that can be a really beautiful call to wake him up. Mm-hmm. Per- perfectly valid, I would say. Yeah. But when that anger gets translated into her belittling his character or like emasculating him or like finding ways to kind of um, 
manipulate or control or like just degrade in some way, which can happen in really subtle ways. Yeah. Um, but that that's a, that's a line. Like that's where it becomes, okay, this is not, you know, this is no longer a beautiful gift and a call for love. This is like, it's, it's abuse. It's, it's emotional. Like the feminine wields emotion really skillfully. And so it, it can often from a man's perspective, it can feel like, whoa, I can't, I can't handle any of this. So it does require a kind of warrior's presence to be like, that's not okay. And it's an important conversation to have in this world because it is, you know, it is so easy to translate things like David's teachings to go, oh, the feminine is just anything. It can be whatever, right? Um, and in a certain sense, that's true. But I also think there needs to be a, like, there are stages for a reason. And that second stage is there so that people are mutually respected. Yeah. And if that mutual respect is not there on a moment to moment basis, like something needs to change, repair needs to happen, connection needs to come back before you can be in a third stage moment. Yeah. Yeah. This is so important. And, and just for anybody listening, really turbo quick David data lesson here, but the first stage I always call the madmen where the guy's working, uh -huh. the, girl, or the woman is just like, is, is dolled up and cooking him dinner and it's just stuck there. There might be sexual energy, but things are, the, the roles are pretty stuck. The second stage right. is all about nonviolent communication, knowing how to speak to each mm -hmm. other, uh, very relationships based on equality, which is super important stage. And this third stage is very much about your relationship being this vehicle to come to God and every expression is a devotion to love and, and it, it, and, and, there is this masculine feminine energy exchange, but it's not stuck to a gender. It's much more this fluid dance. And so yeah. this is what Alan is talking about. That second stage is super important. You need to be yeah. able to talk about like, Hey, some childhood stuff got triggered and right. I kind of lost it there. I apologize. And you know, and how did that make you feel? Right. What do you need from me? And, and these stages are so important. So I, I love what you said yeah. here of, I think John Wyland talks about like bringing the anger wide versus directing right. it at somebody. And to me, yeah. that's been one of the most, like that's clicked in my body so badly because I can feel it. I can feel when I'm emoting in a way that is like a spear or when I'm right. emoting in a way that is kind of going into the room and I'm yeah. showing it to him rather than, than attacking him with it. And when I'm doing that, yes. I've noticed Tamar just drop into his body and become really calm and still and be there. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot safer to do that in certain yeah. ways right yeah it's a lot safer for his body to um receive your anger if it's not yeah. you know a spear directed at his heart yeah yeah of course i always say and like it if it's a spear up. if it's a spear he couldn't even come to me if he wanted to right i'm just like yeah the water's totally. going in one direction he can't swim against that yeah and you know there is also something to be said for um the just because there's a spear doesn't mean you have to fucking walk right into it. Right. <laughs> you can push it to, to the yours. side and, yeah. and pull her closer. Oof. Right. Like you can, you can learn to, you don't have to just fucking walk into the storm. You can kind of use your own magic. Right. And martial arts is a great way for men to mm. kind of start to feel this in their body. Like when, for example, I practiced Aikido for a long time and, when when your um, opponent would put pressure at you, like put forward 
force at you. You don't just walk into it. You, you very like skillfully and with actually without a lot of effort, just move it to the side and let their force kind of move them. You're unmoved. You're just flowing with it. And in that sense, like when your partner's anger comes at you, you don't have to like, in a way, a lot of men will, we have like a kind of um, self-sacrifice quality to it. Like, and I think it's actually connected to that part of us that thinks we're bad. And so we deserve it. Mm. Right. So we'll put that spear right into our heart, kind of as a proof of our, of our pain of like our, our badness. And if we can remain in this sort of centered grounded place, we can just like really gently put that spear to the side. And um, that's where opening her comes in right when she takes the spear and you just you know plants right in your heart you can't open her you're fucking impaled you're going to be right there with her in that in that charge but if you can if you can have the presence of mind and the groundedness to move it to the side and bring her closer and like let her body feel your body and like relax past the anger into what's actually true which is probably just her wanting to feel love and your and to feel your presence and your care well that that's also possible she doesn't have to like make it this perfectly wrapped gift for you to do it right just to speak to the man's perspective a little bit so there is obviously this nuance like is this something that we need to put a boundary up and say like this is not okay um or to have a wider conversation around the dynamics of your relationship for sure you get support on that kind of thing for sure um but just because her expression is intense isn't always an excuse to um like say game over right or to throw up a boundary like there's with skillfulness there's still a way to open her beyond her emotion and that's that's a gift that the masculine can give the feminine it's like i notice i'm moved I moved a little mm. bit by this this imagery of I could just like I Demer said it a few times, but I I can imagine women listening to this must feel really just the idea that we could throw a spirit at somebody and that person could just be like, hey baby, I'm gonna hold you no. down. Yeah, exactly. That feels like deeply moving into my system and really touching and really loving, but also what you were so beautifully speaking about, this like self-sacrifice in the masculine mm. core of just yeah, kind of this the self-loathing and okay, I'll just walk into it then. Like that feeling, that dynamic almost. It's I, I notice I'm really moved by by both sides of that. And 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 I'll bring in another piece, which I, I realize I'm probably not going to talk about very artfully, but I've yeah. had several times in a fight with Demer that I said, Don't touch me, leave me alone. Right. And the thing right. he did was slowly grab me closer, pull me into his body. And really right. breathe belly to belly. And yeah. I know this is really a tricky thing to bring up, but totally. that was actually what I needed. Right. Because I needed exactly this. I needed to feel loved and I needed to feel his body. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, 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 the like really like this, this, this belly to belly breathing. Yeah. I mean, if we look at it yeah. from the nervous system perspective, it's like yeah. you're in a fight state. Mm -hmm. Don't touch me. Don't come near me. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you're in a loving relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I, I don't know that, but I'm gonna say that you are. That's a, if, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. If you are in a loving relationship, I mean, I hope you are. If you're in that relationship, like, you know, if you're not, that you shouldn't be in it. Right. Yeah. So there's that. But so if you're in a loving relationship, it's a gift to bring our partner back to um, safety, essentially, like grounded and relaxed, safe nervous system. And when they're in fight, if you have the capacity to remain uncharged in your nervous system, then it's a gift that you can give them to bring them there too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because I, I saw one of your posts, you were writing about when she closes, when there's a closure mm-hmm. in your system. And I think you described kind of exactly this, of just seeing it happen, not going into the story and just pulling her body close to yours. And I also felt moved there because it's like, actually, we think we want to go into the story. And actually, it's it's really that simple. It's almost like I it really, really see you and I'm just yeah. going to hold you now. Yeah. Yeah. This the, generosity. The story, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's coming back to like being deeper than being deeper than her story in a way. Yeah. Cause the moment you get wrapped up in this, sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. again, it's like there's nuances when you're in this, let's say the second stage, which by the way, I'm never thinking about, I'm never in, like in a moment, I'm like, Oh, this is a second stage no. moment. I should be doing this. <laughs> this is a third stage moment. Time to be artful. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, you're, you're feeling the moment deeply enough to be sensitive to what's the thing, what's next. Right. And it could be to, to engage in the story and to talk about what need, like how that felt and um, what it, what it, what it would be like to change that. How can we talk about our communication in a different way? Like, that could be important or it could be important to like open her beyond her story or to deepen him beyond his stuff. Right. And that that's the third stage. That's like taking what we could spend two hours processing and instead artfully using our body and our heart and our sort of energetic capacity to dissolve it in a second because that's really what it is our story is just our this like charge in our system and if we can learn to dissolve that in ourselves and in each other well we can move through things pretty quickly and not kind of spiral into story and the processing into yeah into all of that i was going to ask you about like how to how do you as a man sit with for instance when she closes or or and not make it mean something about yourself and then i realized i think i think this is what i actually mean when i talk about masculine inner leadership it's not about always knowing what to do and taking the lead and knowing what to do next but it's actually knowing what to do with yourself and that feels really good that like oh she's closing hey this is triggering something in me totally i have a choice to not go into that drama with myself right now and to hold her. Right. And that's what I was saying earlier about like my, my, as I deepened in my practice and my um, being able to be held by other men, I learned how to hold myself Mm -hmm. in a better way. I learned the nuances of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that in that moment that she closes, I've 
learn to hold it enough to be like, oh, I could, I could feel when for me, it feels like my heart will close, right? Or collapse. And I can, I'm sensitive to the moments that are happening before that, mm-hmm. where I could hook on to some thought form that, yeah. oh, it's my fault, or I did this thing wrong, or that means this about this. I could totally do that. Um, but I've also done that enough to, <laughs> to recognize that like, oh, it doesn't actually create what I want always. It doesn't create love and connection in certain, in certain times. So yeah. can I learn to hold that in myself and then um, remain sensitive to her? So it's, it's kind of like, you know, in the state, another way to think about the stage is the first stage is all about me. The second stage is all about we. And the third stage is about art. And so, if she's sharing, and I, you know, she does something that feels like closure, and then I, and I latch onto that. That's just me being self-centered and making her closure about me, which I do all the time, Mm -hmm. all the fucking time, (laughs) right? Um, But so you, the 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 practice is to like not continuously do that moment after moment after moment after moment it's like you could feel the possibility of that happening and then have the capacity the artfulness to do something different to choose something different to instead feel the we like can you feel her what's happening in her heart that she might not even be aware of and then like trust that you can through your depth and your connection to her and your love open her to what's actually true which you don't really need to know <laughs> like it yeah i agree it doesn't have to make sense right it's just coming back to that place of like deep loving openness yeah yeah I, i'll out myself here again I'll, I'll make little fights with Dermot but i don't know something stupid like charges disappearing and yeah I notice I will bring that up and I will truly believe that that's what I'm angry and frustrated about. Right. Right. And then when we actually drop deeper, it's something that I can't even put to words, but I will felt that we were kind of disconnecting from each other or there were some places where we, we weren't feeling each other. And, and so what I'm trying to say with this is I think often with actually the feminine closures, we don't even really know what it's about, to be really honest. We think we right. know what it's about, but often it's actually, I've right. just been sensing in the space that things aren't completely right. tuned to each other or not completely connected. And that gets me worked up. And then my mind right. will be like, oh, damn, he took my charger again. To find a reason. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so a part, of, let's say a part of masculine leadership would be to sense that disconnection and to yeah. um, steward connection again before she has to pick the little fight to bring you back to connection. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I uh, wrote one of your quotes down. It said the masculine is most attractive when it needs nothing. Mm. And I feel that I will, I will, this is a very quick sign out. I think the whole practice of non-ejaculation is exactly this because he doesn't need to ejaculate. Totally. That actually makes a man yeah. way more attractive to, to women. Women will feel that right away. But mm-hmm. let's say you're hearing this as a man, you think, yeah, but I do need. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But, uh, <laughs> right. So yeah, I got, I got a lot of men who said exactly that from yeah. that, from that post. Um, and they're right. There are parts of them 
that absolutely need. Yeah. A thousand percent. They're not wrong. It's just that there are other parts of them that don't need, Mm. meaning other parts of their being that are complete. And you might call that their, their deep masculine, like the part of their masculine energy that um, is beneath need. Hmm. Like doesn't need, I mean, think about a yogi in the mountains in a cave. It's like kind of the epitome of masculine practice. How much do they need? How much, right? Because they're connecting with that part of them that is deeper than need. And it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. It's like the it's like um, the part of us that is perfectly okay no matter what. That's another way to think about it. Part of us that is that like can hold ourselves and our experience and our expression and be okay no matter how it's received, no matter what she does. Like there's a deep level of um, mm. like a deep trust, a deep. Uh, connection to that part of us that is perfectly okay yeah and that allows us to be free in our expression of our needs or of our desires or of our wants um, or of our sexuality because we're not tied to how it's received so much you know what i mean like a lot of men will hinder their express and again this is for a certain level of this, this is so important to mm-hmm. express because yeah. there are countless men who are absolutely insensitive to how their needs and their desires are expressed or received. They don't care at all. That's the first stage man who like yes. has no sensitivity to how his needs and his actions are are received in it by the outside world. Yeah. And those men have created suffering for themselves and for women and other men, you know, a million times over. Like that's not who we're talking about. Like those men don't have a level of sensitivity or care or heart to connect to what we're talking about in this moment. And so that's really important to distinguish. Like we're talking about a man who um, is sensitive to his impact, like wants to be a good, loving, caring man. And probably is in a, you know, a relationship with somebody that loves him and that he loves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, in those in, in those kinds of dynamics, it can be really easy to fall into need, or like to again, like to rely on our partner to fulfill things for us. And that's not bad. Like we're in a partnership because we can't do it all by ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's inherent that we, you know, we're we're not on, we're not alone. We need something from our partner, like, and it could be to deepen us. It could be to create more love, whatever it is. But in his most sexy moment, like a man won't need his partner for anything because he's connected to that part of himself that doesn't need that, like, deeper than it. So he could he could ejaculate. He could not ejaculate. He could um, he could cry or he could laugh. He, she could she could be like in ecstasy or she could be in tears and it, it's possible for him to feel the, the part of himself that is deeper than all of it that like mm-hmm. doesn't need for it to be any different 
Mm, I love this. I think anybody with a connection to masculine energy will feel that that part exists. It's just like part of you that just is. Yeah. It's kind of just meditating on the, on the yeah, side. Exactly. It's okay. Yeah. If anybody yeah. has spent time in meditation, they've touched that part of themselves yeah. that goes like, fuck, I could sit here for eternity. Yeah. And not need anything. I don't need more money. I don't need more sex. I don't need more, yeah. you know, fancy stuff. It's like, and meditation is access to our masculine, right? It's a practice to get there. Yeah. And I love that you're calling it a part of, because I think this is really crucial of instead of thinking, oh, but I need things. So I can never access that to actually see that there's parts of you. There's a part of you that of course needs things and has your shit come up. and wants to play that out. Of course, that's a part of you. And sometimes that needs time and space to be processed. Totally. That's totally normal. That's the human experience. And there's a part of you that you could choose to make connection to sometimes of, yeah. and I feel that part of me right now that doesn't need anything. I cannot stand in front of her with that. I might even, you know, I know I said a part of you, but I'm, <laughs> we might even reframe it to like a moment of you hmm, like because that. a part of you, it, it, it like kind of assumes that you're this, you know, this thing that has fragments and parts and like, and, you know, to an extent that might be true, like family systems mm -hmm. and such that like, there's mm -hmm. validity in that, but it's also just a moment. And that's why I think the stages are such an interesting sort of um, framework because a third stage moment is just a moment. So that it, like an expression of that, like a deep place of, of non-need it's just a moment. In the next moment, you might be incredibly hungry. You need to eat a fucking sandwich. And like, you need something, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's just, it's just um, like a moment to moment thing. And what we start to realize is like, oh, when I am, a, when I, this moment leads to this kind of experience. Like yeah. me expressing myself in this moment leads to this kind of experience. I'm starting to recognize the nuances that happen. Right. Yeah. When I disconnect from my partner because I need a sandwich, like what what does that do to her? <laughs> when you're hangry. <laughs> what does that do to me? Right. Yeah. Totally. Which I'm I can attest to doing often. You have this beautiful quote saying, becoming deeply responsible for stewarding your own growth as a man in a relationship allows her to relax into being your partner and stop being your parent. Yeah. Oh, I felt that one so badly. <sighs> you want to share a little bit about what you meant there? Yeah. So I think, again, I'm, I'm always speaking from my experience. Mm -hmm. So I was in a relationship with a woman who um, was much farther along in her life. She was, she was older than me in her business and, you know, I was spending more time in the, in her personal growth because she was alive for longer. So we're like, let's say in her spirituality and her, in her spiritual um, growth. And what the dynamic started to become that she could feel into those parts of me that hadn't yet matured. She was right. Um, and in the times where I'd let, you know, habit and comfort get the better of me, I wouldn't take responsibility for my maturation, right. For my mm. growth. And she could feel it. And so she would start to feel like, you know, like, Life wants more life to happen and grow. Like life wants growth to happen. So she would start to become responsible for this growth. And 
there's definitely something to be said for how she could do that. Again, there's always two sides. But if I'm taking responsibility for myself, it's like I wasn't taking responsibility for my growth in certain places. So she had to be the one to do that, right? To like be the parent that helped something grow. Right, right. And Mm. that doesn't create polarity, right? That that can that creates dynamics that you know we probably all felt at different times, none of which are very sexy. <laughs> um, the way I work yeah. with this with Tamara, or I've, I've spoken about this multiple times on this podcast, but one of my core boundaries or values in relationships has been that um, I need my partner to have an ecosystem outside of me, especially an mm-hmm. emotional ecosystem. So other men, other other just other people, but also professional sport, whatever, because I don't want to be the parent or the teacher or the coach. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and especially when you do this work, like I, I'll sometimes say like, okay, do you want to coach Sophie? Okay. And then I right, like, totally. and now coach Sophie's off again. Right, like, it's gone. Yeah. We're totally. very intentional about why, when that happens and it doesn't happen very often right. because I, I, I need him somehow to have that outside of me because when that falls onto me, I also f- will take the role parent teacher yeah. coach and i don't want totally. to anymore and so i i love what you said when when men i think take responsibility and and and, and start owning like okay what is my practice in relationship what do i want to work on what right. what what do i want to develop further that that just that inner leadership again is such a different dynamic than oh i'll wait for yeah. her to tell me that i need to work right. on this thing right totally yeah i mean yeah that's where that's where men's groups can become so crucial yeah. for the men because it's yeah. it's incredibly hard to do on your own to do this kind of like to see yourself accurately on your own is incredibly hard to do. Yeah. And we're in most of us are in relationships, so we rely on our partner to do that thing. And especially in the kind of world that we're in, that, that you and I are in, um, yeah. women have well, and also just culturally, like women have been kind of at this a bit longer right they've yeah. been they've been in their groups they've been doing their, i mean like look at the personal growth industry it's made up far more of women than it is of men and there might be other reasons than yeah. just their advanced <laughs> in my nature but um but that does i mean i i would say that most men who come to the work often do it because their partner is like you know something needs to change you need to do this thing yeah, that's never a great way to enter yeah. into it. They need to want it for themselves, but like that's the dynamic, and so like that's such a beautiful reflection for you and your and your standards for yourself is like that your partner had this ecosystem that supports and and helps him to to live to grow right, so that he's bringing that life back to you instead of relying yeah. on you for that life for that growth. Because now your cups are full. Now you're, you know, you're not, there is no sort of power dynamic where one knows that like the coach, teacher, parent knows better than this like student child, right? Yeah. So it becomes, for, from men's perspective, it beca- it's incredibly important to take that on. Like, yeah. become responsible for your growth so that she doesn't have to do it for you. And I think it's really this. When, I think when when masculine cores men bring the energy of intentionality, it's so yummy because I, I can feel 
in my partner so well, where he's intentional and directional about his life. And all those mm-hmm. places are places where I can soften. Right. Like, oh, he's thinking about his physical health. I'm, you know, or, and it doesn't mean that I have to agree with what he's doing. Not at all. Right. But just to feel right. the intentionality and the directionality of him. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. just, that makes my whole system just relax. And my partner's going into to this, Yes, he's working with a spiritual teacher, which is absolutely not my cup of tea. This, this, these teachings, which is totally okay, but I could feel his, his directionality in that, and his his purpose is him choosing for this is what I care about. This is what I'm going to do now, and right. it makes my whole body soft. And I think what a lot of women will feel is often like, oh, he doesn't have that directionality. And I'm curious what you. I think you and I had a conversation about this a little bit, but how do you bring into a man that you would to your man to your partner that you would like, why doesn't he join a men's group or whatever? Like, how do you bring right. that in a way or should you even bring right. that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it can be delicate for sure. Cause like I said, it doesn't work when like men need to have the right motives. They need to have their own intentionality, their own, like they're taking responsibility for themselves. And that might happen because their partner's like, Hey, check this thing out. Right. It might wake something up and then they're like, fuck. Yeah, yes. I want that. Right. So it's not a, it's not one size fits all. It's not black and white. Like there are nuances to it, but um, when a man is being intentional with his time and space and his, his energy, the feminine partner can trust that he's doing that for both of them as well. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if you can sense your partner's taking care of his physical health, well, that's a direction that you can trust that he's going to take care of, like the health between the two of you, right? Like yeah. that he's going to have that same like momentum, energy, depth, direction for you as well. Yeah. And if you don't see him expressing that, like how how can you trust that he's going to have that like have your best interests in mind have your relationship's best interests in mind if he doesn't have it for himself mm. so mm. if he doesn't have that again you can't just like berate him with all the things he should be doing that's just you being a parent yeah right so i think the question becomes like what am i doing in this relationship like what's what's the it's, it's tricky again, like it's kind of nuanced in a way, but if, if you can't trust him to take care of himself, then where, like, where can you trust him? Like, where can you trust in his direction? And if there are places, then like trust those things, support those things. But if you can't, if you find you can't trust him in any direction, like there's nothing that you can surrender into, then you might need to like, question what you're doing in the relationship because there might be a part of you that is just acting out of shadow like wants to be in control wants to have someone to tell what to do wants to be the one who knows better who like has all the answers who wants to be the teacher coach parent and that might wake you up to something Um, can i tell you how i brought it to tamara sure yeah i wanted tamara to join a certain men's group and um I was thinking about a long time about how I was going to say that to him and how I was going to do that in a way that he wanted to hear it. And what I did is I brought my heart into it, first of all, yeah. because when my mm-hmm. heart isn't in it and I, I go with my mind, we become two dudes. 
And yeah. we're just you say two cubes. No, two dudes. We become two dudes. Two dudes. Oh. I'm not listening, man. Cubes. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a warm energy. So I brought my heart yeah. in and then I, I just said in my vulnerability, like, Hey, I, I noticed I'd love for you to join a men's group or, or but instead of saying you should, I said, I'm really curious what you think about this. I yeah. would love to hear your opinion. I want to know what you think about it. And yeah. that kind of brought me back into a more feminine role and him were in a masculine role and then trusting him with what he brought back to me. So right. when he came back to me and said, this, this isn't the right thing for me right now, I also made an agreement with myself to trust him in that. That's and great. Be, yeah. And that was a very different exchange with me going, you you are not in a men's group. You should be in a men's group. I need you right. to be in a men's group because anybody mm-hmm. that hears that is going to think, okay, never mind. I don't want to anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes to be shitted on, especially no. from, from their partner. Yeah. So the question of what do you think about this? What are, what's your opinion yeah. about this? That, yeah. that is already such an opening into leadership and, and right. fighting discernment. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, you you have a great answer to your question. It's like <laughs> you do it in a way that artfully supports his own leadership. Yeah, and then surrender to that outcome. Like, if you are committed to loving this being and being in this relationship with them, yeah, like surrender to their leadership, which might be to say no. Yeah, which might be to say this is not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely, I love that. Because I think a lot of relationships will get stuck in the, he's not living his life the way I think he should. And in that battle, instead of saying, hey, maybe this just isn't something that suits me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of honesty might actually be the thing that wakes him up. Yeah. I've seen that many times. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that many times. Alan, what a beautiful conversation today. I feel like we could talk for another few <laughs> I want to be mindful of your time. Um, yeah. What do you love about the feminine? Mm. <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, it makes life worth living. Like it's, um, it brings color. To, to to my life, I mean to be in a to be in a deep relationship with a, with a woman, just like that aspect of the feminine, um, awakens so much in my being. Right, it allows me to know who I am in a much deeper way than than I could just on my own. Um, allows me to see my shadows and my blind spots, and like it's just such mm-hmm. a gift, mm-hmm. such a gift to alive and being in a body and have this experience that that we get to have when we come together with another um so yeah just the, the reminder that it's good like it's good to be alive it's, it's what, kind of what makes it worth it in a way yeah i love that answer for any woman listening to this thinking she's too much or she should turn herself down like hear these words it's literally what makes life worth yeah. living yeah. And even, I mean, I'll say this one last thing. I had a moment um, yesterday with with my current partner who like, we had such a deep experience and it was this moment of like, we, we, we could have been so close 
And in her feminine, she, she instead went to something totally different, which was like questioning and doubting. And it, there was this moment where I just started cracking up. And <laughs> she was like, what? Like, what is, what is so funny? And she said, like, it, it's just so funny what the feminine does. It's like, it's, it's never a straight line. Right. <laughs> which is, you know, which is what a part of the masculine just wants to so just like, okay, it's done. Like we can just let it be. And then it's perfect. And then like next, you know, next thing. Um, but how boring is that in, in, yeah. in certain ways? And so to, to feel just the beautiful drama that we get to, we get to have as, as humans. Yeah. I love this. I love that. I, I think a lot of people will recognize the moment that a man just smiles and goes, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this direction. Okay, good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. If people want to learn more about you, find you, where should they go? Yeah. Instagram is great. You can find me at Alan McGrath Isbell. My website is alanmcgrathisbell.com. Um, got my Embodied Relationship Dojo, oh, yeah. which is a co-ed group is really fun oh. really juicy um yeah all that can be found through my website and instagram amazing i highly recommend checking him out because he writes so beautifully oh my god so beautifully thank you so much thank alan you, for being here today i so appreciate your time yeah i appreciate you thank you for having me thank you so much my loves for listening to another episode of the deeper podcast if you enjoyed this please pass along to even just one person who needs to hear this. And my love language is very much words of affirmation. So I love, love, love it when you share my work. If there was one sentence that popped out to you from today's episode, please do share it on your social media, tag me in it, and I will shower you with my gratitude. And always, if you want to stay connected, Instagram is the best place. That's where I'm the most active, sophie.josephina, or hop on on my mailing list, sophiejosephina.com. And before I forget, all of these conversations, so every podcast episode is now also available on my YouTube channel, so you can always check it out there.